My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Max Brandstetter. He's the founder of Max Podcasting, a podcast production company. He's also the host of the Wild Business Growth Podcast. Welcome to the show, Max. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to chat. And uh, I, I'm always very impressed when the host gets my last name right. Um, I think your <laughs> last name might be trip people up more than mine does. So this is a good good company to be with. <laughs> Honestly, with all of the consonants, I, you're better off not even trying. <laughs> Exactly. The consonants yeah. are taken over, but but super excited to chat with you today. I really appreciate it. Likewise, it's a pleasure to have you. I think we're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges and your goals. Um, before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I have no idea where I am today. No, I am. <laughs> uh, so I, I have had a, a long, very organic journey with podcasting and absolutely love it. And I think um, what's been what's been impactful for me is I grew up with two entrepreneur parents. So I grew up in a with a family business, and I always say that you know most people growing up you you come back from school and then like a little bit after your parents come home from work and then you know you catch up, have dinner or whatever. Uh, for me, like I would come home from school and go down to our basement where my parents were working on our family business, like they, the headquarters is out of our basement. And would catch up that way. So like I always grew up with business really close around me and uh, always was inspired from the entrepreneurship sense of thought, oh, well, I, I'd want to do something, you know, cre go kind of against the grain, start a business one day. So I uh, grew up with a family business, uh, had multiple stints working from them, both at working for them both as an intern as well as uh, right before I started Max Podcasting. But basically, it was always loved marketing entrepreneurship. I worked in a corporate brand management job after college for a few years. I learned a ton there, uh, what I like, also what I didn't like. Then went off, moved to New York City, worked remotely with the family business, uh, which was totally different from the corporate world, but also learned a ton there and was very entrepreneurial. And that is where I discovered podcasting. And I've gone from podcasts listener to podcast host to starting a, a small podcast service for the family business now full-fledged product podcast production uh, company and I still you know I'm a listener and host to this day and absolutely love it so it's been a it's been a great journey and um, there's just something really cool about this medium and of connecting with people and storytelling oh absolutely absolutely I really want to touch on the podcast but we'll start off with you know you you grew up with two entrepreneurial parents what was that like for you as a kid did you feel did you feel pressured to go down the entrepreneurial path? Did you start off wanting to do something else? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I didn't feel pressured to go that route. I think it was a really natural, like something inside me that I just always thought entrepreneurship was really, really exciting. And that's, you see that in different industries too. A lot of people, like whatever their parents are doing, they either love it or hate it. In my case, I, I loved it. And my parents were really, really good about encouraging me to to follow my passion, follow my interest, whichever route I want to go in. So like if I stayed in the corporate world, 
I'm sure they would have been all for it and, you know, cheered me on and been excited each step along my career. Uh, now that I'm in the entrepreneurship space, they've been so endlessly helpful for me in terms of just being there, being that support system. Uh, I mean, I talk with my dad all the time about entrepreneurship ideas and, you know, it's always tricky to like uh, bounce that line between, you know, just hanging out from the family side and hanging out on like the business, you know, role model yeah. or mentorship side. But I've never felt pressured to go a certain direction. It was more of they always encouraged me. And I, I just thought it was a really, really cool setup growing up of, of seeing what it was like to to have a family business you know it's really special it's not that common but if you have an opportunity to work with a family business at all um i i just find that it's it's extremely meaningful and you know it's a roller coaster there's ups and downs but it's a really really special thing to uh to to do in life so it's uh, i'm all for family business all for entrepreneurship Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but you're, you're so right. Either you love it or you hate it. I've got a good friend who's both of his parents run multiple family businesses and he hates every single one of them. And he's like, I don't want to do this. And they won't let him go do anything else. Or like, no, no, you're going to take over these businesses. You have to learn this. So, I mean, you're fortunate enough to have liked what they were doing. What was the family business, by the way? Yeah. And it's still around. It's called HippoDirect. So it's uh, it started as a mailing list broker. Um, so basically, mm -hmm. they would work in a wide number of industries, including the dental space and and nonprofit space. And basically, if you wanted to to reach out through the mail and find people that are you know attending a conference or uh, something in that in that lines of work, or people in the dental world that buy dental products, they have the contacts and they the list to, to help you up with a, a marketing message and mailing list program for those businesses. And then over time, they evolved into the email list world as well. And as you know, you know, email to this day is still popular as ever. Direct mail is still very popular as well. It's just been like a, a change over the years. So mm -hmm. right you now they still focus in mailing lists on both the direct mail and the email side. I added a little splash of digital marketing and podcasting to that mix as well. But over time, it became clear that uh, I, it was better off as a separate company and it's not worth trying to like squeeze podcasting into something unless there's a real great fit with it. And once right. I got more into the podcast production route as well as hosting, it made sense to, to spin that off as a separate company. So that's where Max Podcasting yeah. came from. But HippoDirect's been around for over 30 years now. It's a, it's a really cool, I, I, the, they started the business the year I was born. So I literally grew up with it. Oh yeah, that's the, but that's, that's really cool. What would you say is the biggest Thing that you learned from watching your parents that helped you once you went off on your own? I think the commitment to customer service and providing such a great offering and as, as well as care, customer care, however you want to say it to the customers, like taking care of your people, taking care of your clients. I mean, I remember growing up like when I was really young at our, at our old house in suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. And one of my earliest memories is my mom would do this thing where she would make these like chocolate treats around the holidays each year where there would be popcorn spread out all around the kitchen table and she would do a chocolate drizzle over all of them. And like those were little popcorn treats that they would send out to their clients and potential clients or just people that they were connected with. And so like that was a gift that they did every year. Mm -hmm. But my dad always talks about, you know, when he started the business that he would find out every one of his clients' birthdays and give them some sort of a special treat or call them up on their birthday Aww. and obviously that becomes tougher to do as you get more and more clients and as the business grows but i think that attention to 
fantastic customer service is something that really stuck with me. And to this day, like it's, it's something that's a priority for Max Podcasting. And if, if there's ever a time that we've slipped or a client's not happy, like that's the lowest I get in my business and the most disappointed I get. And it's like, okay, well, what can we do to, what can we do to make up for this? What can we do to, you know, like yeah. get you episodes earlier uh, to make sure you're happy with everything to go above and beyond. Cause that customer service is everything customer surface. I'm creating a new term here. Customer surface. Customer service is everything, <laughs> especially uh, family business, especially, you know, small business entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Let's talk about the podcast. I think we've talked about the family business enough. Um, this is about you. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about the moment where you realize, okay, I need to turn this into a business. Yeah. So the, so it kind of goes hand in hand. So Segwaying from the family business to the podcasting world. So I started Wild Business Growth Podcasts initially as a way to market the family business. And we were like, you know, we help people grow their business. What's a, a great way to to spread the word out about how people are growing their business and, you know, educate people from that standpoint. And so we thought, what if we interviewed entrepreneurs on the best way they've grown their business and, the, and their story and like the, the tips and tricks that they know from that, but also dive into them on the personal side as well. So that's where Wild Business Growth Podcast was born. And then over time, I found I mean, pretty quickly, actually, that I love podcasting. Like there's something about this form of, about this medium of storytelling and connecting with people, using it as a networking tool is also just, you know, having really cool conversations like this. And it's like, it's not like the conversation's over once it's done. It's anybody in the world can listen and <laughs> consume this content wherever they are and total on demand, you know, whenever they want, like while they're doing dishes or while they're out for a run and while they're on the train, like that, that totally blew my mind. And there were really, really cool conversations and connections that came out of it. So I loved doing wild business growth podcasts. I knew that podcasting is something I want to keep doing every single week and just absolutely loved it in terms of spinning off into an actual business. So I would say with weeks or months, I can't remember the actual time, but pretty soon after I started that podcast, I started to have people in my network and, and people from our network and the family business reach out and, and say, Hey, that's really, really cool. You launched a podcast. Can you help me launch mine? Or some people said, Hey, I actually have a podcast, but I'm sick and tired of editing it. Can you help out with the editing? So pretty quickly it was like, huh? All right, there's clearly demand for for people wanting to get into the podcast space, wanting to grow in the podcast space. And this stuff takes a ton of time. So if if I can help take that time off people's plates, uh, especially entrepreneurs who are so busy with the rest of their business, then that could be an awesome business. It can be an awesome solution for people. So that became pretty clear. And that's what ultimately led it to, to spinning off into Max Podcasting. And it's so funny because to this day, you know, one of my favorite things to do is appear on podcasts like this, as well as inter interview entrepreneurs, like what I do for wild business growth. And vast majority of my time these days is actually on the podcast production side. So I'm like more behind the scenes. I'm helping with the planning, the production, the promotion or, or marketing of the podcast. So it's become a great mix of, of the production side and the hosting side, but it's, it's something that, as you know, is very energizing and easy to, easy to keep going with. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And just getting to talk to, at least for me, I don't know how I would feel about just having a podcast where I'm just, it's just me talking, but getting to talk to other business owners every single day, like that shit keeps me alive, man. Like I, Oh, totally. There's, there's, there's no feeling that compares to it. It's great yeah, being exactly. able to have an eye into all these different industries and you're learning from all these other people and you're learning from their mistakes and they're learning from yours. And it's just, it's, it's a wonderful community. It's a wonderful niche within the entrepreneurial 
sector. <laughs> yeah. And I always say, because people always wonder, should they launch a solo podcast or host an interview podcast? And solo podcast, if you can do it, it's awesome from an influence standpoint. It's you can obviously you have total creative control. You can talk about whatever you want. You can uh, craft the stories that you talk about however you want. However, it is much more difficult if you do an interview podcast. Yes, there are you know a whole different can of worms of considerations in terms of actually sourcing guests, and there's you know there's two people or more that goes into it. So there's a lot of consideration. But to your point, it is way easier to have a conversation like this than it is to speak by yourself even for a minute like when i record the intro outro like ad reads for the podcast i struggle so much more with that than i do just having interviews with the guests for an hour or more even like it's funny how that works out but <laughs> oh i know i know, it, it, me, it, I know. it's an interesting decision you once you hear our outro i i feel so awkward i'm saying it. it's just it's not the same as just getting to talk to the person you know i completely get it <laughs> yeah. Right. What? Exactly. So when it. it comes to podcasting, obviously, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got entrepreneurial experience, you've got secondhand entrepreneurial experience. But when it comes to podcasting, when you first started off, what do you wish you knew back then that you know now? Yeah, this is a really good one. So if you are around in the podcast space long enough, you will hear the term community thrown around. And I think that's something that can make or break the success or in longevity of a podcast, because if you keep doing a podcast and you don't have, or don't feel like there's a quote unquote community around it or an audience around it, it's going to be tough for you to stay committed to it, you know, year after year. But if you're actually hearing back from people who enjoy the episodes or, you know, you're getting that audience interaction like that, you're building a community around it where people can't wait to hear an episode every single week, then that's what like, it's like pouring, uh, what's the term like uh cooking with gas pouring gas i'm terrible with metaphors <laughs> but it's like putting <laughs> pouring gas on the fire of like um that's where it can really spark your podcast to take off so i wish i knew that one how to build a community but two i wish i would have been more intentional from the early days about building a community because there are things you can do in terms of giveaways and focusing more on audience interaction and like I've done this for some of my episodes but I want to start doing it more and more of like if you have a really really cool interview coming up in a fascinating subject matter ask your audience on social media or through your email list like hey what would you ask this person or like even ask them to send in questions that you can either play on the podcast or uh, ask and like mm -hmm. give them a shout out on the podcast like the more that you welcome your your community and and create a community people just really really respond well to that and it's just a cool treat to be like featured in a podcast like that especially if it's cool guests so i wish i wish i knew how to be more intentional with it i've learned a lot about it also i think there's still a long way to go in terms of community some people out of the gate are like fantastic with community building i really like that idea about asking your email list what questions they would ask certain guests that is really cool i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna move that to the higher ups <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, just just ask. Like it's the same thing as interviews. Like people respond really well to to questions, and so even if you don't, even if it takes a while for people to start responding to you, uh, or you don't feel like you're getting traction with it, just keep asking those questions. Keep creating those opportunities for interaction with your audience because it's a, it it's a really really impactful thing in terms of building your podcast community and it and it. You know, you can make your listeners the star of the show, which is really, really cool. 
that is that is really cool and i'm sure it, it like like you said it builds community so it's really cool all right max i'd love to know what keeps you motivated what keeps me motivated oh my god i <laughs> so much so i one with the business and podcasting i think i have like a natural just a really good fit with podcasting and like i'm i'm endlessly curious and love interviewing entrepreneurs about what's worked for them, how they became successful, how they built their business. So I think there's that natural curiosity there. On the production side, it's an endless need to, you know, satisfy the uh, the pain points of clients of, because I've been there, I know how long it takes to, how much work goes into podcasts and how much time and time and effort it is just to get an episode out every single week. And so that's what, what drives me forward from that standpoint is to, take as much off the plate of busy entrepreneurs as possible because we know how great a podcast can be for them. They know how great a podcast can be for them, but they also know, you know, it's not in their best interest to do all the behind the scenes stuff uh, that takes so much time and all the logistics and admin and everything with the podcast and the editing, of course, is a huge chunk of it. So the more we can take off the plate of entrepreneurs who have podcasts, the better. And then I think just on the personal side, so I'm at a I think I'm surrounded with an awesome family, awesome friends, and it's very easy to to be inspired, but also not be too down on yourself. So like my brother is an ER doctor. And so it's like, whenever I'm getting too stressed at work, I'm like, I think about, okay, you know, I'm helping people from a podcast and marketing standpoint, but like, he's literally, you know, like saving lives and like dealing with people that are in, you know, trauma and like their most extreme moments. So it's hard not to get I mean, so, so it's hard to get too like worked up about what I'm doing on the day to day when it's not like, you know, life or death, like life or like life or death, life or death, like what he deals, deals with. And also my wife, Dana is a teacher and literally, you know, teaches, helps young people for a living. So like, it's like podcasting is extremely meaningful to me and to my clients and so many out there, but it's also like, it helps to keep it in perspective when I'm surrounded with people where it's, you know, life or death, as well as, you know, like the future, <laughs> the education, yeah. of the youth, I don't know the right way to say that, not corny, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it helps keep it a, a nice balance and perspective. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. What is your focus going to be for 2023? 2023 is a bit. So for me, this, this is a year of the newsletter. So I have been wanting to have a newsletter that talked about podcasting and entrepreneurship for so long. And it was just one of those things I'm sure you've seen in yourself and listeners of the show know themselves of, all right, when you're starting a new business, you want to do all this, all this, all this. And then you realize like certain things take a ton of time and like certain things, as much as I want to do this, I can't, like, I'm not at the point I can get to this right now or I need more help. So I got a, <laughs> back in 2020, when I launched Max Podcasting, I bought a subscription to Aweber from an email marketing standpoint. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna launch a business. I'm gonna start my newsletter, build my email list, share awesome stories from podcasting entrepreneurship. Like, this is gonna be great. It took me until the tail end of 2022 to actually use that Aweber subscription and like start sending out test emails as well as like sending out newsletters. And now like, since I started 23, I've been consistent with it every week. It's called podcasting to the max. I don't, I don't need to like full pitch the newsletter, but like um, it's, a combination of podcasting and entrepreneurship and what I love about it so much is sharing those stories, but also I've found it very therapeutic to write a newsletter. So I love the podcasting and everything around with it. But I think when you 
on top of that when you are writing, whether that's newsletter form or blog form or even writing on social media, it like unlocks a different part of your brain and it's like very therapeutic. And I think it it's a nice thing to add to the mix. And so newsletter is a big, big focus building that and having that direct one-to-one communication with both podcast listeners as well as people interested in the podcast production space. So that's a big focus. Of course, I want to keep building the podcast. Um, I want to, you know, grow the business from a podcast production standpoint, take on more clients. But the newsletter is like the big thing at the start of this year. Okay. It's, it's about damn time, Max. Like you can do it. You know, it's not like you're going to get less busy, like just <laughs> Two years suck later. it up and <laughs> suck it up and do it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's a good lesson. Like, Oh wow. I was literally paying it for an Aweber subscription for two years before doing it, but it was good, good motivation to actually use it. But I'm, I love the, the, the newsletter now. It's like at a nice well, how, element to me. How, how good was the motivation if it took you two years to get around to it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that, that, that's fair, but it's, uh, yeah, it's really funny. I sound like an idiot now that you say that, but, uh, no, it was, it was there. It was there. No, all for it. It, it was there. It was just, as I built max podcasting up to take on more and more clients and got busier and busier, it was like, I can't, you know, you could write a newsletter and delay getting an episode to a client, or you could focus on getting episodes to clients on time. And then like one day we'll start a newsletter. So I went the latter route, but now it's like, I can, I can make time each week and I'm very diligent about writing the newsletter every Thursday morning and and, and sending it out that same Thursday morning. Like it's a great routine now. Perfect. Love it. At least you took you two years, but at least you got around to it, right? Yeah. Well, my, my wife, better late than never. (laughs) My wife, Dana always gives me shit for being slow at life or the slowest moving human possible. <laughs> so, uh, especially how long it takes me to get ready, like going out. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. If you take time, then she has plenty of time to get ready too. So I don't know. I don't know why she's exactly. complaining. I would love that. <laughs> it's mutual. Yeah. Mutually beneficial. Exactly. So you've been, you've been doing max podcasting for the past three years. What did your challenges look like when you first started versus what are your challenges now? Oh, it's, that's so good. I think at the start, because I had, when it was still part of the family business, it was called a podcast production service. I had, I don't know, three or podcasting clients maybe, but before I launched the business. So, I, so I had, you know, I had some clients. I didn't just start from absolute zero, but financially it was pretty much zero. Like it, it, it wasn't a, 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 a group financially, just a big group to start with. So my first main goal was like getting enough clients where this is a real business. And fortunately, I got some really, really good advice. Shout out my friend, Elise Gelwix. Uh, and she, I talked to her around the time I launched the business and she's, because I had, including her, I had over a hundred wild business growth podcast guests, Alums at the time. And so when I was starting that business, because she had a recent entrepreneurship journey, she was like, dude, you have an amazing network of entrepreneurs, like just reach out to them, tell them you're launching the business, catch up with them. Like don't pitch them for anything, but just, it will help to get the word out and people are over the top helpful. So like maybe it will spark something with your business. And so it was like five to 10 people every single week that were past podcast podcast guests that in those first few months of the business I would reach out to. And those calls like literally built the business. They turned into, client referrals on client referrals. And now I'm at the point where some are like three or four or fifth generation client referrals. Cause you know, somebody refers, somebody refers, somebody's like, it's a, it's a great thing to happen for the business. So I get to the point within months that I was went from 
needing more clients to make this actually a viable and real business to, holy shit, I'm way too busy. <laughs> so I was way too, which busy is a good thing. But when it comes to the extreme point, <laughs> my wife loves this story. It came to the point that I was up, you know, into the hours of the night all the time. And there was one night that I view as rock bottom where it was a late Tuesday night, which is typically when I publish the Wild Business Growth Podcast episodes. Uh, I hadn't even started editing my own podcast until like 2 a.m. that I was working on a client project before that. And so I basically was like, I was up all night and my wife woke up the next morning and I was like still at the desk. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I just got to get this done. Like it was, it was like rock by, I was so busy and I like see any other options. So like I was just literally staying up all night and that only happened one night, but that was like, okay, I need help here. And that's when I started working with freelancers and found my editing partner, Jeff, who's been amazing and has helped out a lot on the video side now as well. And that really, really helped to be like, okay, like, I love this business. I want to keep building it. I want, you know, to keep growing and growing it and helping more entrepreneurs, but also it can't like totally take over my life to the point that, you know, impacts my health, impacts my sleep, impacts my relationship with my wife. So that was a big, big shift then. And I think, I think now it's at the point where it's like, it's become much more manageable. Like one, I've, you know, we become much quicker at editing, much more efficient on the production side and all that. But we, you hit the point where you start to like plateau a little bit and you're like, okay, how do we, you know, we've gotten to this much revenue, this many clients, and this is, you know, in a routine now. I'm going to throw a newsletter in the mix while I'm working with this amount. But how do we get that to the next level where we're like doubling revenue and like tripling revenue and like helping more people that way? So that's kind of where I'm at now is like, we're able to to help so many people and this is like a real business and it's grown a ton since day one, but there's still a long way to grow. And that's kind of the next point of like, how do we you know continue building the team and continue growing the client base while also making sure that I'm not staying up all night and <laughs> my wife is unhappy as well. Oh no, of course. Happy wife, happy life, but. <laughs> exactly. Happy podcast so, business. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, happy podcast business. I think that's what we'll call this episode. <laughs> exactly. She'll love so, it. <laughs> let's cover the podcast itself. The, um, sorry, wild, wild business growth podcast. What kinds of things do you talk about on there? So it is, I, I talked to a new entrepreneur. I call them wild entrepreneurs every week who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. So I love interviewing creative, I can't say it, <laughs> creative out of the box entrepreneurs who have come up with a really clever business idea. And I love the journey of from like the initial aha moment up through how they've built that business and how they've scaled that business. And then also we dive into the personal side. So like we typically dive into their story and then how they stay inspired and stay creative. And then we always wrap up with a really fun segment called the unusual so we talk about their pet peeves and quirks and weird talents or party tricks and then rapid fire of course is like all over the place but that's been a just amazing journey talking to so many entrepreneurs at the time of this recording you know we released episode 230 so i've been doing it for 230 weeks it's once a week and it has opened so many doors and and it's amazing on itself and it's also gotten me, you know, speaking and hosting gigs as well as the biggest part, which is starting a full-fledged product, 
podcast production business, Max Podcasting, <laughs> out of it. So like it's it's opened so many doors. But I think that the thing that keeps it going is the amazing entrepreneurs and the, the stories that they share and uh, people, wild listeners, as I call them, really gravitate to those awesome entrepreneurship stories. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. I've got to go take a listen to it. I'm always looking for new, clever business ideas and inspiration. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, to, are as well. Oh, appreciate so, it. Appreciate it. As somebody whose whole thing is podcasting, and I don't want to throw you under the bus or make you look bad, but I've got to ask, what are some of the struggles that you have personally when it comes to podcasting at the level that you're at now? I'm sure you have some. So. Yeah. How dare you? If there's one thing I don't want to be thrown under, it's a bus. Uh, <laughs> so I think the, so I've, I've gotten the consistency element of it down. I've, I've become way better of an interviewer than I was at the start. Like sound quality is great. So like there, there's so many things that are positive reaching out to guests from that standpoint. I think the, the, the biggest struggle goes back to, uh, that community building aspect. Like we, we have a great community and we have a great audience, but I just always wonder like if we would have been more intentional from the day one about actually building that. And maybe at the time it was like creating a Facebook group or like, um, I don't even know, creating like a membership group, something like that, or like doing giveaways. I'm not sure the best way to do it. Like you can't go back in time, but like we've grown a ton. The podcast has grown a ton. The audience base has grown a ton. The guests, like I've interviewed people that, you know, it's like literally been on the, Simpsons and NBA champions and like um, some of the best on like top entrepreneurs in the world, like people I never would have thought it was feasible to talk through. Like all that stuff is like really, really awesome. I think from the community standpoint, there's just always like, what can we do to like create a home where people, where listeners are engaging with each other more about like, what is, you know, like, oh, what were your favorite parts of that episode? Or like, who would you like to see on the podcast? Like I get, I get comments like that on social media and Twitter now I'm starting to create more one-to-one -one communication, which, which is awesome. But you know, you hear about some podcasts where like the listeners like love it so much, they create like their own Facebook page about it. And it's like created a community in that. Aww. And like that, that didn't happen with mine, but like that, that is such a, that's a really, really valuable aspect to have and like a really cool thing to build and grow grow alongside with so i think to me it goes back to that community and being more intentional on the flip side what do you love the most about podcasting are you there what do oh, you love the most about podcasting Oh, there you go. Oh. It, froze, it froze for a second. Uh, what do you okay. What do you love the most about podcasting? What I love the most about pot. <laughs> His voice cracks. What I love the most about podcasting <laughs> is the ability to. Well, I'll answer this on the hosting side and the listening side. So, on the hosting side, the ability to connect with people that you probably, if it wasn't for the podcast, would have never had the chance to connect with. And then you create that connection. Who knows how you'll work together? Who knows what doors it will open? But also you're you're learning yourself from them and there's things that you can apply back to your business. That's that's really, really cool. And podcasting has made that possible. Whereas otherwise, like like if I were to reach out to like Nancy Cartwright from The Simpsons, like why like it would never get to her. <laughs> but because of the podcast, it was like an amazing interview and people always talk about it as one of their favorites. On the 
on the listener side, my favorite thing to still to this day, and yes, like video is getting more and more popular in podcasting and a lot of it's, I think that's only going to grow and grow. But I think the most unique thing about podcasts is the ability to listen to them from an audio standpoint and be doing something else while you listen and learn and you're entertained and you're, you're learning those tips. So, you know, you could be cooking, you could be at the gym, you could be cleaning, you could be even working if it's like something passive you're doing. That is a really, really special treat to like have a podcast on in the background and you're hearing these stories. And when you have had, it's literally like these people are in your ears. <laughs> it's really, it's an incredible medium. And so that, that is really special and the on-demand aspect of being able to listen to whatever you want whenever you want and learn from it be entertained i think is so unique and so special Oh my gosh. Hey, okay. hey, you back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. okay. <laughs> awesome. Right. I, I, saw the re- I saw the recording keeps going, so hopefully it's not too bad to piece together an editing. Okay. Should be okay. The, the recording was okay. so. Were you able to hear my answers to that question? <laughs> All right, Max, so talk to me. What do you love the most about podcasts? I am going to, I hope you have about four hours for this answer, but no, I, I'm going to answer this both on the hosting side <laughs> and the, and the listener side. I think from the hosting standpoint, podcasting is what gives you an opportunity to learn directly from entrepreneurs and people you aspire to be like in a very unique fashion, uh, that is totally made possible by podcasting. Like if I were to reach out to like Nancy Cartwright, who's the voice of Bart Simpson, <laughs> is known as one of the most famous episodes of my podcast. I would ne- like I don't think it would ever get to her if I like tried to reach out in a different way. But the fact that I reached out and had a podcast and a really unique podcast, like I don't think she appears on business podcasts often. That was a really really cool opportunity, and you never know what any sort of connection can turn into, and whether it turns into referrals on the business sense or just open doors from that standpoint. It's very unique to be able to to speak to amazing entrepreneurs and creative people like that and and learn from that standpoint. So interviewing that hosting side, that's what I love about that. From the listener side, I podcasting, we've seen a great increase in video podcasts. And I think that's only gonna grow. That's only gonna grow. I think at some point it's gonna that the majority of podcasts are video podcasts, not just audio. And I think all that's great. And I think there's room for that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of room for that. But my, like how I first fell in love with podcasting, it's still my favorite part till this day is from the listening standpoint, the audio standpoint, the fact that you can be doing something else. You could be cooking, you could be cleaning, you could be going to the gym, you could be uh, even working depending on what, what you're working on. And be listening to podcast episodes and be learning and be entertained and it puts a smile to your face or it gives you a new business idea. The fact you're doing all that and that's like, this is coming from a podcast that's on in the background, like that you're literally just listening to or in the case of uh, wearing headphones, it's like 
these people are in your ears or you're sitting in the room with them. That is extremely unique. And so I think it's just so awesome to be able to listen to podcasts, especially whenever you want, whatever you want to listen to, whenever you want to listen to it. It is such an awesome, unique medium. So I think there's aspects on the hosting side and the the listening side that I love about it. We haven't even talked as much about production, but that's extremely valuable as well. So you could cut me off before I get to four hours with this. <laughs> <laughs> will do, will do. No, but I, I completely agree with you on both fronts. I've met people from all over the world through this podcast. I am later this year, I'm going on a trip to Morocco because I met a photographer who's organizing like a photographer's trip. But I never would have met her or known about her if it wasn't for the fact that she wanted to be interviewed on my podcast, you know? That's awesome. Um, as for, I know, but as for the listener side, I completely agree. Plus, I love that there's so much freedom when it comes to podcasting. You know, you can post on Facebook, you can post on Instagram, you can post on TikTok, but you could, you can't talk about whatever you want to talk about, you know, as with podcasting, you are, you're not limited. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's why. Like the first podcast I ever listened to is called Road Trippin' from a few guys on the NBA and the Cavs at the time, Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson, uh, Allie Clifton. And I think that's what I thought was so cool is like when you see NBA players and, and, and NBA sideline reporters on TV, they're very – like they have to be censored or they'll get fined. There's only you know certain things they can talk about. And when I listened to that first podcast of Road Trip and they were like swearing, they were talking about all sorts of off-the-court stuff and locker room stuff, I was like – Oh my God, this <laughs> this is amazing. Like this is behind the scenes access. I never, like, I felt like I was sitting there in the locker room with them. It was crazy. So it, it, the, I totally am with you on the freedom and like doing whatever you want, talking about whatever you want standpoint. Absolutely. All right, Max, we have reached the end of our episode. If you had to give one piece of advice in one sentence, to anybody who's listening, who wants to start their own podcast, what would it be? I think you alluded to this with your last comment. So thank you very much. I'll have to, we'll have to give you credit for this, but <laughs> only, only podcast about what you want to podcast about and make sure you're having fun during it. Because if you, if you're choosing, I'll talk about this on both sides. If you, if you are super gung ho excited about what you're podcasting about and you're having a blast doing it, it's no problem for you to keep doing that every week, you know, like every week throughout the year or several years or, or even multiple decades. Like you can do that. You can keep that up and people, listeners will sense that and enjoy it. If you are tasked with podcasting in a subject area that you are not passionate about, you are basically just destined to have a podcast that only, you know, lasts like 10 or 20 episodes, maybe even less. And you're just going to leave your listeners hanging at a certain point out of nowhere uh, because he reached that point and realized that this isn't for me. So podcast about what you're passionate about and have a blast doing it uh, or else it might not be worth doing for you. But if it's, if, if it is, you will be very thankful that you bought that mic and did that first episode. And uh, of course, kept going. Love it. Love it. Max, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? My pleasure, and, and thank you so much for having me. This was a blast, and I think um, it depends if you edit it out or not, but there was even a voice crack in there, so I brought a real special treat for you. <laughs> we'll <laughs> but, keep it in there. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thank you. That's my only request. The okay. <laughs> main place for all things dealing with me and the podcast is maxpodcasting.com, 
And the newsletter that we talked about is at maxpodcasting.com slash newsletter. You can sign up there for free. Of course, it's for free. You know, duh. <laughs> but thank you so much. This was an absolute blast. Really appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah, well, you know, voice cracks all around. <laughs> really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on once again. It was a pleasure to have you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.